Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood, tips and tricks, products we love, and brands that we can't live without. Let's get into it. How are you? <laughs> I mean, if you don't laugh, oh. what comes out? Oh, I tears. mean, tears. Well, not in my case. Frustration comes out if I don't laugh. <laughs> Can we just want to point out here that this is our first, like, like as live podcast of 2021 because we pre-wrecked all of the ones before Christmas, didn't we? So this is kind yes. of the first time that we're getting together to have the conversation. So this is the first time in lockdown three that we're talking. Oh, um, how is it your end? Day six of <sighs> homeschooling for me today. And uh, I just don't know how much longer it can go on. Like when the school's in like the really bad areas, like I know Brentwood is like really, really bad for numbers. So I knew that the school was going to close like when they sort of were mentioning it. I thought, oh, you know, I can get my head around another two weeks. And then they kind of threw seven weeks at us. I know. And now (laughs) I just can't quite get my head around how anybody can do this. Like I really, really don't. That's more than 40 days. Yeah, that, I mean... (laughs) What? Sorry, I feel like I'm going to be sick. Um, what? What the hell? And also, Zoe, like we've got children who are young, right? So their schoolwork is actually quite hard, and they're young. So can you imagine, like, when you've got kids who are like year six and like year seven, and like well, I am going to read you something today, which was part of Isla's homeschooling, right? Yeah. Complete the fact, family. This is maths, okay? Right, I'm good. Four times what equals 200? I don't know. Yeah, right. Five, 50? No, not what? 50, five. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. 50. <laughs> 50, yeah, right. I mean... <laughs> well done. 200 divided by what equals 40? And she was going, what's the answer? And I was like... I genuinely do not know. I cannot get my brain to work. But this is what calculators are for, right? Like, this is when I'm sitting doing this stuff with, like, Axel, and even, like, when you do, like, whatever phonics play on the computer, the computer spells it out for you these days, right? Even when he's typing in the words on the computer. So I'm thinking to myself, why am I spending... (laughs) 
hours teaching you something that oh. somebody invented a computer to do. Like, I know. <laughs> and it's fine when they stick to script because you can kind of like palm it off a bit. But when they start going off script and asking you questions that only teachers and very intelligent people like my husband know the answer to, I'm just like, I just go, look, just concentrate on what you're doing and we'll chat about that later. And that is because I do not have a fucking clue what the answers are. Don't, don't. But also, you know I what? nothing at school. Did you? No, that's, that's what I keep thinking. <sighs> that's exactly what I think. I'm like... Either like I just didn't listen, I've got a really bad memory, or it just wasn't important. Like yeah. it's one of them. I mean, who knew that all those years ago when we were at school, we should have listened because we were going to be in a <laughs> year long, <laughs> year long <laughs> lockdown, and we'd have to do all of this with our kids. We didn't know that, did we? Like, no sw- one told us that. I swear to God, right? <laughs> Juggling is something that we, as parents, have to become you know, fairly good at. But today, I think you and me did the ultimate parenting juggle. Like at one point, Isla was homeschooling. Luna was doing this leap, the leapfrog leap start thing. Kit was taking a wee in the corner of the room, thinking that his like potty was there and he missed it completely. (laughs) I had like stuff burning on the stove. I was trying to do a Zoom call with like you and loads of other people. And I was thinking, oh my God, I think, if I'm, I'm gonna pass out like you said that will be sick yeah oh don't and do you know what right this is gonna actually make you sick right I went running during the day at the weekend um like midday I normally go first thing in the morning and I don't see anybody right and I was running along and it's like the middle of the day on whatever day it was Saturday or Sunday and I'm looking in people's windows right and the amount of people in the middle of the day who are just sat on the sofa together cuddled up under a blanket watching TV I literally like I was running along pretty much crying because I was (laughs) thinking how is how is that happening I'm literally running away from my house like as fast as I can because of the chaos that's going on inside and some people are just laying on the sofa under a blanket like a scene from a lovely (gasps) rom-com but it's down the street with us it's like a scene from (gasps) Freddy Krueger's Halloween or whatever we don't even open our curtains because no I mean I don't know what people would think if they I mean and seriously like anybody that's listening to this and is a single parent and having to do this oh my god but also like I mean we don't want to to keep moaning here (laughs) but I think it's because there's no end in sight and people keep how many conversations are you having with people that and you're going yeah it's probably just gonna last you know end of Feb and then the next day it's like beginning of March and then it's like oh yeah no it's probably gonna be middle of March it's like will somebody just tell us when the hell is gonna be over yeah yeah when when are we just gonna be able to go back to normal because we're approaching a year we are actually approaching a year I mean Mm. that is a joke a joke joke. but anything good happening (sighs) your end (laughs) any great sex happening I mean I'm no absolutely not I mean I'm I'm trying to think of a positive note here but I've got to be honest, there isn't one right now. There really Can we talk isn't. about kids' Maybe potty by training? Friday. Yes, that is a real positive, actually. Yes. yes. You tell us all about kids' potty training. Well, we started him over Christmas. We were like, well, we're spending all this time at home. We might as well just whip his nappy off, thinking, you know, there's going to be some accidents, which, of course, there are a lot yeah. of. But because we're at home, we're not going anywhere. There's not that stress of going out and thinking, God, I haven't got a potty and you have to take changes of clothing and all that stuff. So, yeah. He'd already done a couple of wees on the potty during the summer 
and he'd done like a couple of outdoor wees. So, and he kept saying to me, oh, big boys don't wear nappies. And I was like, "This, you know, you, you just get those signs, yeah, don't you? And second you time do. round, I was a bit more aware of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's just, he's just loving it. Like he's got a little mm. froggy urinal. He doesn't, <laughs> he can't sit down. He doesn't sit down on the potty. So we've actually trained him standing up. That's so um, good. Is that, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but it seems to be working. Not. Oh no, I think it's quite good. I think, I mean, if you could stand up and wee, right? If we could, I would do it because you don't have to sit on public toilet seats. Oh no. So, you know. The only, the only time it becomes very stressful is if he's not got pants on or anything and, and then, you know, a poo comes out because he's uh, freaking out. It's sort of falling out of his bum and you're like, oh, God, this is – and you're like trying to catch it and he's like, whoa, what is it? So we haven't got the poos nailed at all. But the wheeze, we're getting there and today when I was cooking dinner, he just came over to his potty, stood up and did it himself and I was watching. I saw. And came, yeah, you I saw, saw it on the Zoom. I saw yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> we all saw it. <laughs> And we all gave him a round of applause after. Oh, that's going to haunt him on his 21st, isn't it? I don't think anyone was filming it. So I think you know, right. right. Right, apart from me. Um, but we're, we're interestingly going to be speaking to um, a dad today to discuss the highs and lows of lockdown and what happens to your relationship during this very strange year that we've had. Because we're getting loads of messages about it, aren't we, that... You know, how are you yes. supposed to navigate a normal, in inverted commas, relationship when you're all at home the whole time? You know, the passive-aggressive yeah. arguments are going on, the frustrations, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. You know, and, and, and interestingly, this person touched on the fact that the sort of archetypal role between, you know, potentially a partner going out to work and a mother staying at home has been flipped on its head because yeah. both parents are at home suddenly. So that brings up difficulties and challenges. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you're new to the podcast and you do go back and listen to episodes from this year, <laughs> I think you'll see the way our relationships have been this year. Yeah. <laughs> like most of our podcasts start with some kind of rant about our other halves <laughs> or, uh, you know, we talk about some kind of argument we've had or some challenges we've got going on with disciplining. So mm. it's, I definitely think it's something that all of us are going through and we're, you know, as I said before, we're almost a year in and I, I'd like to say that we're getting better at it in some ways, but it's never easy. Oh God, no. And then, you you know, you chuck in the homeschooling and everything else that you've got to manage at the same time. And yeah, it's, it's very, it's very challenging, but I guess the only positive that you can kind of think is that hopefully communication will come out at the end of it and growth comes out at the end of it. Does it? Yes. I mean, I'd like to think so. And you know what? I was thinking one positive, like how many children like you like got to spend so much time if you if there's two parents in the yeah. house with both parents, like getting the best out of both parents. That is actually like they, you know, lots of people are saying that this generation will be behind, but actually emotionally, yeah. they'll probably be pretty, you know, ahead Although it is kind of like when a wasp stings you, because it's good for them, but it's really shit for you. (laughs) Um, And also, I'd just like to say that if I do sound a bit absent in this podcast, that is because basically I was having to ask questions and then quite a lot of the time I was having to run out of the room, log into a Zoom call and sort Isla out with some... uh, some online schooling. So I apologise in advance. Georgia, who are we chatting to today? Today we are chatting to Hugo Monnier. So Georgia and I always love 
getting a male voice on the podcast. Very interesting to hear things from a father's perspective. And today, um, we've got a very big character joining us, ex-England uh, and Lions rugby star, who also played his whole career pretty much at Harlequins. He is father to two, Ruby and Phoenix, husband to Lucy. He's also a podcaster and generally finds himself in his old life uh, commentating at the weekends. And he has got the same tattoo on his bottom <laughs> as my husband, hashtag elite. Today we're chatting to Ugo Monye. Welcome. Hello. Hello. I don't know if I'm all right. I want to ask you how you are first. It's really interesting because I think it's a question that you need to ask twice because the normal response is, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, I've got my health, got my health and and everyone's great. And and so life is good. And then you ask it again, you're thinking, flipping heck, like this is, this is slog, isn't it? You know, and we can all be grateful for our current situations because there's lots of people doing far worse or three million people unemployed and businesses yeah. everything shutting down but that doesn't mean that you can't moan because exactly. everyone's fighting their own battles and absolutely you know two kids uh got phoenix is three and a half and gorgeous little ruby is 11 months old uh, the miss is stuck at home um you know, not been able to see our families and all the rest of it. I mean, that it's it's tough. It it is tough. So yeah, um, I'm kind of somewhere in between my first thoughts and my second. So how about you guys? Um, so I mean, yeah, we're we're you know we're sort of in the same boat, aren't we? So like a grateful for the situation we're in we've got lots of things to be happy about it's lovely to spend some extra time with the kids but it's also awful spending so much time with the kids and our partners um and I think that's kind of what we wanted to chat to you a bit about today um was the relationship between parents in this whole situation that we're in now and how like how has that been going? You know, since March, we've basically all been stuck at home with our other yeah. halves. Um, how how has it been for you? It's for me. I, I found it challenging to start with because in my line of work, so I commentate and present on on rugby, yeah. uh, and that job means that I'm up and down the country, travelling around Europe, and meeting so many different uh, faces and people, and the stimulus of being at live matches is is amazing and then that world came to a sudden end very very quickly and all of a sudden I found myself stuck at home and like anything you know I think humans initial instinct to change is to try and battle or or fight it so I found myself in the first two weeks trying to fight coronavirus on my own and that (laughs) it, it just wasn't going away and I think it genuinely took me a couple of weeks before I got my head around it and just realized this is my new normal. And I think the moment I started accepting that, things actually started to become a bit better. And instead of kind of wishing for the life that I used to have, it made me appreciate the life I had now. And with Phoenix, my oldest, I remember I had two weeks off work and I went back to work. I thought that was normal. Mm. That's not. My wife needed me. My daughter needed me around. I needed Mm. to be at home. And so... With Ruby, I was around for the first six months of her life. I was a full-time dad and I was a part-time worker. My world almost flipped on its heads. And the relationship I now have with my youngest, it's just beyond belief, you know. Um, I'm, just before we started recording this podcast, she just had a little nap. My wife came up with Ruby and Ruby was crying because she wanted to be with daddy. Never had that with Phoenix. Yeah, that's Never. lovely. 
so it's um it's yeah i guess in summary it's it has been amazing but at the same time it has been testing because for the first time in been my wife six years now we've never spent so much time together and that's that's great but also <laughs> you can get bored of one another pretty quickly or fed up <laughs> Um, I mean, this is this is obviously so kind of on everybody's lips and in everybody's minds at the moment because this is an unnatural amount of time that we're spending yeah. with our partners. On what planet would this ever happen that you would just be at <laughs> home with them twenty four hours a day, seven days a week? So I guess the question is: we want obviously we're talking relationships today. We thought it'd be really interesting to kind of get your, as you know, Georgia said, get your kind of view on it, but. I guess when you said your world kind of flipped on its head and you were just at home, how was that for you and what did you go through mentally? Um, the first thing was an acceptance, like this is your situation, stop fighting it um, and then be grateful for for the situation you're in. There were a lot of people doing a lot worse than what I was um, and mm-hmm. if my biggest struggle was being at home with my family, like get a grip of yourself, that's amazing. And so... I guess during that spring, it was so nice to be able to go out and I taught my daughter, Phoenix, how to ride a bike. I got a stronger bond with my with my youngest, Ruby, and actually just, just being properly involved, but also getting a true insight and appreciation for what my wife does and for every other mother up and down the country has to do. You know, when I bug her off at the weekend to go and commentate, bye, babe, yeah. see you later, have a good weekend, yeah. slam the door. I have no idea of how tough and challenging it is. And so, you know, I I tip my hat to every single mother out there. And there'll be lots of single mothers as well who are having to do it on their own without any emotional support. So it it was was great to do that. But, like, I'm not going to come on here and lie. Like, we argued. We argued loads. (laughs) We fought because, you know, all of a sudden I became this full-time father but and I was trying to I was trying to fit my I don't know I was almost trying to force the way in which I thought parenting should be when my wife's like hang on hang on a minute (laughs) you've been at home two minutes (laughs) and now you're telling me how to parent like you need to chill out okay just calm down so but you kind of work through it um I, I always I kind of use the analogy of like changing gears in a car at times you're struggling to get out of second and put it into third and you're not quite there with the clutch control and everything else. And at times Mm -hmm. it felt like we were trying to get from second gear into fifth gear where really the one thing it's probably allowed us to do is understand just the art of communication, understand and sympathy, empathy, because yeah, it's tough and it's really challenging. Yeah, I mean, I think as women, we, Zoe and I speak about this a lot, we try and take absolutely everything on and, you know, try try and do it all, do it all, do it all. And so then when our partners, you know, try and step in to maybe take over (laughs) something, it's almost quite hard to let go and let them do it. What sort of things were like you are, you know, arguing about? Was it like the silly things like, you know, the way that you're changing nappies or the way that you're disciplining or what, what was it? What was the, you know, what were the were the things that you're arguing about the most see for me i effectively pre-covid was the maintenance man at home i was the lad that just like <laughs> fixed you know the that came off the stuff. The yeah. out. if we needed a big food shop we send daddy to go and get the food and all of a sudden i wanted to be really hands-on 
And that's great in principle, but you almost need to ease your way into that new life and getting getting used to it. And you're so right. Discipline was, uh, you know, my wife and I look at discipline, um, I think, slightly differently. But yeah. I want to be firm, uh, a little bit more firm. And I think it's really important. And perhaps that's come from playing team sports and just understanding how discipline is so important. Well, my wife is like really soft and gentle and calm, but I've definitely like morphed. I've probably become more of what my wife um, expects and how she probably disciplines our kids more so than what I thought was necessary. Yeah. Um, so that's, but then we never had to understand that from one another until we're forced into this situation. And that happened overnight. It's not like we chose, we, we, it's not like, all of a sudden, we went and did I'm a Celebrity and brought the family along and doing bush tucker trials every single day. Yeah. Someone flicked a light and said, right, sort it out overnight. And that takes a little bit of time. So it was stuff like that, sleep routines and naps and everything else. Um, there was loads of like minor things, or they seem minor, but when you compile them all together, yeah. um, it can, quite, can make quite a big, significant change, I think. I think the discipline one's really interesting because I think um, certain people, and I actually don't think this is a male and female thing. I think certain people um, get the or have the understanding on firmness and fairness when it comes to being parents, and other yeah. people like myself. And this is how I run my life completely. I'm way too emotional. I'm way too involved. I can't step back and see it. So sometimes, you know, Dozer will, you know, you know my husband really well. He'll say something. Yeah. We're supposed to stick to it. And then Kit will look at me. He'll cry and I'll go, oh, okay, all right. Well, I'm just going to give him a biscuit. And it completely undermines what we've discussed. But I don't even see myself doing it. It causes so many arguments in the house because he's like, we need to be consistent. If we're going to stick to it, we've got to stick to it. Otherwise, I'm the bad guy you're the good guy and I can't do it it's exhausting were you yeah. guys going through something similar 100% I find it so interesting that you've had that chat with Doz because we had that almost every single day at home you know <laughs> my daughter would my daughter would say she'd want x and I'd say no it might be I don't know anything marshmallows for lunch and I'd be like phoenix no but then my wife who's been like starved of sleep and just wants an easy life is like Phoenix, go on, just have it. I'm like, babe, you can't do that. You can't. You can't undermine me. And then my wife will like, we're not arguing in front of the kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, please, like, when are we going to have this conversation? When the kids go to bed, I'm like, I literally, I need to get this off my mind. I need to have this conversation. But but you can't. And and, and she's totally right. So yeah, undermining, I think, was I, I felt that I was undermined. And I know that my wife has got such an incredible bond with Phoenix because she stayed at home for two and a half years before she then went to nursery. So I always felt as if, regardless of how brilliant a dad I'd been the day before, the yeah. next day she resets the clock and I had to like work hard for her to be all nice and loving and caring towards me. Where with my wife, that was just a prerequisite. They just had that, they had that strong bond. So that was absolutely one of many arguments that we had in terms of just understanding this and that. And um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think there's so many families up and down the country that are probably having this same shared experience and there is no real answer or solution for it. But it's kind of actually just, I always say it to my wife, we're a team, we're a team. Yeah. And 
we have to, you know, we have to do the same thing. Like if you disagree with me, tell me after, but don't undermine me. And I most definitely won't do it to you. So, um, and the other thing was actually, which I found really hard was um, the comforting. So if Felix fell over, she would automatically run to, to my wife, Lucy, but there would be times where I would be present and I would try and comfort her because there's something quite nurturing and quite nice being able to comfort your own children. But then Lucy would run into the room and be like, give her to me. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I'm comforting. She's like, no, but I want to comfort. And I'm like, no, but this is a moment for me to try and bond with my child and for her to know that she could be safe in daddy's hand. So it's, it's small things like that, which are fairly rudimental and happen every single day, but certainly need ironing out when you're in this strange unprecedented situation we'll be right back after the short break when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So welcome back. Uh, back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Where were we? I think it's really interesting what you were saying about um, feeling undermined because that is something my husband and I talk about all the time apparently I always step in and undermine him I think he's too strict and I don't like it and he thinks I'm too soft so you know very very <laughs> similar <laughs> but I yeah. think the thing that I found the hardest like you say he was at work every day and then overnight was at home every day was that I almost felt like he was attacking my parenting. So if I, de- you know, like I deal with things like, you know, I'm quite calm and yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not strict, but I'm not, I'm somewhere in the middle, but I'm just, I always remain calm. I'm, I'm not from like a family where people shout and scream. Like I, it's just not where, you yeah. know, it's not an environment that I'm used to being in. He is a lot more like, you know, don't you, you know, a bit more shouty. And I, I, I sometimes yeah. think that you need to ha- you need some of that because you need the kids to understand like, you know, different tones of voice and stuff like that. I'm very like, yeah. oh, okay, okay, no worries. Um, but yeah, that's what I was trying to say to him. It's almost like I understand what he's doing, you know, and I know where it's coming from. But I think for those first few months, even not even weeks, but probably longer, like six months, I felt like he was stepping in and almost like attacking everything that I'd set up and everything that I was doing. And it did take like that step back and a couple of conversations to see where we were both coming from and trying to meet in the middle somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, parenting's really emotive. And I think my, it's a a real good lesson for for mums and it's a real good lesson for dads because I had to 
understand that my wife who did NCT and I did it alongside her, but she spent so many sleepless nights on Dr. Google, uh, researching, going on books, listening to podcasts, speaking to mums, speaking to her mother about what just loads of different life situations that you find yourself in. So she's done all that research. Daddy, you go here, did none of that. And then I'm saying, how about you do this? And she's like, are you kidding? Are you literally kidding? I held this baby in my stomach for nine months. I've done all the research, read theses on what it's to be a parent. And because you saw some advert on Instagram, you reckon you can tell me how to be a parent. So I think we need to understand where mothers are coming from. But I also think it's important for mothers to know that I think most parents or dads are coming from a good place. But it's trying to kind of merge that new situation and scenario. And the landscape of parenting has changed where lots of dads would be out there working every single day for me. I'd be gone at the weekends. All of a sudden, I'm now a full-time dad and I'm almost trying to force my um, views on parenting onto my wife, who's well-researched, done a brilliant job with our kids for the last few years, So you just need to take a bit of a back step, uh, to take a step back. And in fact, what I needed to do really was to humble myself, to listen and to follow my wife's lead because she's been doing a great job and everyone knows it. I tell her. So who am I to start telling her now to do stuff different just because I've got a few extra hours uh, of my day back? I mean, I think that's really kind of, it's quite insightful and it's very sort of humbling hearing you say that. But I think also at the same time, us as mothers, like I think Georgia touched on it earlier on, there is this feeling of like having to try and do everything. And sometimes our partners come up with really great ideas that maybe we wouldn't have thought of because maybe we're too involved, you know, too, too there all the time, you know, can't let go of the reins, you know, they're so tight. So I think, I think it's important to be able to communicate in those moments so that it doesn't blow up into a massive, um, you know, a big hoo-ha like like it's been doing for the last year in lockdown. But um, it's all about that communication between the two of you because there's some yeah. things that I think of that Dozza doesn't think of and vice versa. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think what it's done this last year of kind of being at home all the time, you're like climbing on top of each other all the time. There is no escape. Like, I don't know about you, Ugs, but I wake up in the morning some days and I'm like... <gasps> there's nowhere to go and it's that and then that anxiety that I feel I think um ripples into my relationship throughout the day I'm wondering whether you guys go through any of that and what sort of communicators you are as a couple yeah I think we've had to work on our communication more so during lockdown and I think for lots of people who are at home or feel like they're stuck at home, like your home should be your sanctuary. But during Not lockdown, it, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but during lockdown, it felt like the one place you wanted to escape from. And I think psychologically, that, that's just not good and it's not healthy, but it's totally understandable because it was for me. I wanted to be anywhere else but stuck at home. I yeah. wanted to get some my liberty back. So it was weird, that feeling, you know, from pre-COVID going to work and just being gagging, desperate to get home and chill out. To, yeah. Oh, my gosh, I, I'm stuck. Like, I have nowhere to go. And even yeah. if I did do, where where would I be going? So that, that I think that really changed. But for my wife and I, we communicated. We just worked out that we just both just needed, like, 
periods of rest and downtime within the day. And so yeah. for me, I really got back on the bike and got fit. And I would do that from like seven to eight in the morning. And I've got like a studio office space at the bottom of the garden. And in the morning, I would just go in there and I'd do an online class for one hour, headphones in. And that was great. I didn't have to think about a dirty nappy or yeah. what time um, the kids needed to go for a nap or anything like that. That was just my space. Yeah. And just coordinating that and just trying to make it equal and fair, I mm. think is fine. Especially like for you, Zoe, do you know what I mean? Like I'm in the same boat with mm. uh, with elite sports still, still open. I'm still allowed to get out and get on the train, go to work, yep. see my friends. And have a change of scene but for my wife mm. it's the same old same old and you know when you're young and you're bright and you just want to use your brain cells and just mix up some of the conversations beyond uh darling what do you want for what do you want for lunch right oh, let's do yeah. another nappy. let's get another bottle i mean how much can any one human take yeah, yeah and then you chuck in like the accidental eye roll or you know uh sorry what did you say and then suddenly it turns into like World War fucking whatever it is in the kitchen. You're like, I didn't say anything. I didn't roll my eyes. I've just got a sore eye. The next, you know, yeah. because it's that sort of heated environment, which we're not yeah. used to. And you're like, actually, you know, if you were going to have a little, like, maybe one of you would pop out to go and see a mate for a coffee or yeah. you go around some, you know, you just exit the situation. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, like the only place to go is the downstairs loo. And that is becoming <laughs> increasingly colder and smellier by the day. Oh, God. <laughs> I think it's a lot to do with some settings and boundaries, isn't it? Like our our homes are our offices, our gyms, our soft plays, our you know they're everything yeah. at the moment. How do you yeah. differentiate your time as parents to your time as a couple, as you know, husband and wife? Yeah, see, that's taken a big hit. We've had one, maybe two date nights um, in 2020. That was it, and. It's kind of weird because you then look back to the life you had when Phoenix was six months old, Lucy and I went to Dubai for a weekend just to chill out. Do you know what I mean? If we ever wanted to go to farmhouse or go out for dinner, we'd just get a, a babysitter. It was great. Now uh, that, that's gone. And, e and some family you can't even rely upon because, you know, Lucy's mum's over 60, my mum's over 60, and you're thinking, oh, well, we've got COVID. And then you start feeling guilty. Well, if they came and babysat, but what if they caught COVID and died just because we wanted to go out and have a few cocktails? You're like, yeah. oh my gosh. So it's, but but it is still really important to try and make time for, for yourselves as a couple. So what we try to do is put the kids to bed a little bit earlier so that we could actually just enjoy just a bit of peace and quiet um, and just like flick the TV on. And do you know what? I think it was actually initially designed to be able to like just chat to one another but really by the end of the day netflix on deliveroo in our bellies and no one's saying a word like we're not talking and then that, that's quite nice as well but i do think it's really important to manufacture moments of calm and peace whether that's together or on your own because otherwise it would just the, the, the environment which you're living in and the situation and times that we're in just starts to feel a bit more constrictive. And at times you just feel like you're gasping for breath, living at altitude. But really, if you can manufacture those moments, then my words, like it will be so much more manageable. Yeah. 
Um, I wanted to ask you a fairly personal question about your mental health and leaving yeah. professional sport and what impact that has had on your marriage. And also, I guess, alongside that, um, if you have suffered for it, you know, from mental health across the years, mm. over the years, have you been able to vocalise that to Lucy? Um, it, it's really interesting because I genuinely believe every sportsman or woman, when they retire and move on to a new industry, will suffer um, mentally, financially, or physically. Some, and I know some people that have suffered all three. Um, I think I've been quite fortunate because I don't think that's happened to me yet. I think it will at some point because I'm 37 and I trade really hard and I probably still reckon that I could still play rugby. Um, But in a few (laughs) years where like my body's just battered and I can't, I think I'll miss it. And, and that's kind of weird. So, but at the same time, because of the job that I've transitioned into, I feel like I've moved on, but without moving that far away. Um, And I remember, so I retired in 2015 and I booked a holiday for the wife and I, we went to Singapore, Bangkok, Thailand and Bali. We just travelled yeah. for three weeks, just the two of us. And every morning I'd have breakfast, I'd have a bottle of beer. Because in some places, especially in Thailand, it was like yeah. cheaper to buy bottles of beer than to buy water. And I remember like day four, my missus yeah. went, are you, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, like sweet, you in the beach, like amazing. She's like, no, no, but... But are you actually okay? And I was like, babe, like, what are you getting at? She said, yeah. well, just before you retired, a few people said to me that I need to just like keep an eye, keep an eye on you um, mm. because you might struggle, you might be missing it. And you're drinking like every single day. And I was like, babe, trust me, like I'm living the dream. This ain't out of depression. <laughs> I've paid you my whole life to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, trust me, like this is a sign of, of going really well. But I think, I think it's quite tough, Zoe. Because people that are able to play sport, getting paid for their passion, mm. there's not a lot of sympathy for them. Because yeah. millions of people want to do their job. However, they are still human beings. And when you're extracted from an environment which has been fueled by your passion since you were five, six years old and you're told to do something, it's not like any other job. It's part of your identity. Yeah. I remember when I retired. So when I played, I was Hugo, the rugby player. And then when I retired, people say, hey, uh, what's your name? Like, what do you do? I, gen- I didn't know what to say because I felt yeah. as if a bit of my personality was attached to that. That was my reason for being. That was at the heart of everything that I was. It was my identity, you know, going to training every single day with your best friend. And it's not just losing the job. It's almost losing the scaffolding around you, that support network. I felt... Yeah a bit isolated because you're stepping into the unknown um so it, it it is really tough and all i would say to anyone who knows people in those situations and any anyone with mental health and th- the beauty is that i think people are talking about it so much more now absolutely um, yeah and i work with a mental health ch- organization called loose heads and all they want to do is just have conversations and it's quite as simple as and i did this during lockdown just text random people or pick the phone up how are you? That was it. Just checking in. Yeah. And it's so important whilst people are struggling and a lot of the struggles that people are suffering are the ones that are that, that you can't see. So yeah. it's important to be kind and just check in with people. Um, I think that's what helped me 
and it's how I try and treat others now. Yeah, I think actually a lot of what you were saying about when you know when you retired and your career being a huge part of your identity, I think as mothers in particular it's it's quite often what we go through you know when we be, you yeah. know we get pregnant and we're still very much doing all the things that we used to do um but then you are the pregnant person and you're not whoever you were before you're the pregnant person in the room and so that kind of takes a little bit of getting used to and then when you become a mum and maybe you know you might have a year off of work or um you know six months or whatever it is that that you're doing it is difficult when people ask you who you know what you know oh hi nice to meet you what do you do what have you been up to and you think well actually who you know who am I now this is you know I am taking on a new role maybe I used to you know stand in a ballroom and and have these crazy meetings every day and a a massive schedule and now actually my schedule revolves around putting the kids to bed uh changing nappies making dinner and it can be such a huge adjustment so it's it's interesting as well hearing it from your point of view from you know retiring it's a process that so many of us go through and losing your identity is is really tough actually really really tough 100 percent. lucy is not known as lucy she's known as phoenix's mum yeah that's it she's phoenix's mum and i think well, if anyone asks, what do you do? Tell them you're CEO of the Monier households. Like that is your, that's your title. Do you know what I mean? Literally, our whole house would fall apart without my wife yeah. doing the job that she does. Do you know what I mean? So it's, uh, you know, I go out, I work, I get, get money sent into my bank account, but I can only do that because my missus at home giving me that freedom, time and space and making sure the house is is a home so yes. yeah she's most definitely the ceo in our household <laughs> i mean like you're the investor <laughs> she's the ceo <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but it works but I, I couldn't agree more you know my wife she's 31 yeah. she went to uni worked really hard um had a great job in richmond loved it um yeah. and but I, i've always i remember during the first lockdown i just said i'll tell you what we've got a bit more time and you know, I'm able to help out a little bit more. So you need to focus upon what you would like to do at some point because this can't be – I mean, there's nothing wrong if you're just a full-time mother. Like, that's incredible, and it's the hardest job ever. Like, it really is. But just doing something for yourself I think is really important. Like, I've always made a conscious effort to almost divide my life into three bits, and I think it's important to try and get that balance. So I do what's good for me and the family. That's work, right? Yeah. But I'll also have a portion of that in terms of I do what makes me feel good. That could be the gym, that could be going out for dinner, whatever it is. And then the third part is doing what's good for others. And within those three things, some actually drips drips into the other. So doing what's good for others actually makes you feel good. So that's a little bit of that and doing what's good for the family. So if you can try and get some balance in those three things, I think yeah. you'll live a pretty well-nourished life. But during lockdown, I think doing what's good for yourself, that probably was slightly depleted or non-existent, hence why you feel like your life is slightly out of balance and you're probably feeling the way that you do, like lethargic, apathetic, Mm. um, just not bothered about anything. Mm. Yeah, that feeling of not having anything to get up for like some days, I think Georgia and I say this, we like bounce out of bed and we, we, you know, we're up for the day and we're like, right, we can do this. And then other mornings we wake up and it's really, really hard to even just get up and have a shower. 
And then I think even yeah. the monotony of like putting on active wear or putting on lounge wear again and not washing your hair and like there's just no let up to it. I think it's 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 really hard to keep that positivity going. But I think you're right. I think it's a bit of a lesson for all of us, actually, that even if we just turn around to our partners and say, um, I'm just going to go for a walk on my own now for an hour. See you later. Yeah. And you can go out for a walk. And on that walk, make a phone call to somebody that you love, your best mate, whoever it is, or just you listen to a podcast or listen to some music and come back in. That is enough. That that has to be a necessity every single day. Otherwise, you go cra- like you go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know what the, the one of the, the the most wanted chore in our household during the first lockdown was going to the shops. Oh yeah, I love know, it. You saw, like, the massive queue. So you had to queue for like 45 minutes. Yeah. The missus and I would fight as to who was going to stand in the pissed rain. <laughs> but knowing 45 minutes with your headphones in, you're on your own. Yeah, and then you probably take half hour to an hour to nip round Waitrose or wherever you shop. Yeah. And then you come home, you're like, that was bloody brilliant. Honestly, I feel like I've just been to a spa. Yeah, you seriously do. You do. You come back with like new vigor. You're like, oh, it was lovely. Someone smiled at me. I saw some nice cucumbers. It was like, oh, wow. I think um, I know every aisle of Sainsbury's off by heart. I think I could yes. take you around, like, you know, and tell you where exactly every single item is. I've been around that slow and memorized every single yeah. item. It's brilliant, isn't yeah. it? Soon, yeah. we'll, soon we'll be back, like dancing on dance floors and drinking in bars. And like, I've never oh. wanted to do that more than r- right this second. And we're recording. It's Monday morning. It's not even midday yet. But I'm just keen for tequila shots. <laughs> yeah, Zoe, I'm with you. I've just got this vision of that first night out. And whenever this all comes to an end, that weekend needs to be a bank holiday, and no one should be going to work <laughs> on Monday. And on top of that, the first person to say. I think I might have an early one. Genuine, I think they need to go into isolation and solitary <laughs> lockdown for a month. It's like nipping home early after the first big night out of celebration is just unacceptable. Not happening, mate. It's just not going to no. happen. No. Um, do you know what? It's been absolutely lovely. I wish that we could have chatted to you longer today, but we are juggling, as I know you are, that end, with oh, homeschooling and fitting stuff in and just, yeah. So I think um, I think we need to, oh, otherwise, basically, oh, look, one's coming in. Hi, Isla. <laughs> I need my help again. To I've got to go. <laughs> thank you okay. so much. Thank, thank you so much. No, thanks, thanks for having me. Good to chat. <laughs> Take it easy. Take bye. care. Bye. 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 Do you know what? That was a breath of fresh air. It really was. I love hearing like from the other side but also the same arguments you know the arguments that we talk about the ones about discipline and undermining each other and all of that it seems to happen across the board everyone is having the same conversation in their house and I'm glad we can bring this to you guys (laughs) and you guys can hear that everyone's going through these conversations as well it was just really good hearing from a, from a male's point of view on it because yeah. I, I, I never like to generalise when it comes to the sexes, but um, generally, um, you know, women think very differently to men. You know, yes. we do have a different yeah. train of, of thought and actually we get to, to see, you know, not, not via B. Men are much more, they're solutionists and, you know, they see things maybe a bit clearer and not so emotionally, generally. Um, And I think sometimes it's really helpful and insightful to hear 
from a man um, that yeah. actually it doesn't have to be, you know, up and down, highs and lows emotion. It just has to be, let, let's just get this done and let's do it this way. Yeah. I, I think I felt like I took a lot. And also it was really also fascinating to hear him talk about you know about the fact that suddenly he was he was at home all the time and yeah. trying to almost get the time back that he missed yes, you know with exactly. the kids and how much he loved and relished being at home with his with his daughters i think he's yeah I, well i really i really like him as a person and i think he sounds like an amazing dad yeah no absolutely me too and also um when he was just chatting about um retiring from rugby and how when they went on like this big holiday and you know his wife kept checking yeah. in with him to see if he was okay and he talked a lot about like the loss of identity and yeah. all that kind of thing and I think that's something that we don't necessarily think of in a male like we talk about it a lot as women who are you know mothers we, we maybe lose our identity when we step into that role um, but it's not always something we think about across the board like it can happen to so many of us different times in our lives not just when we become parents but also when we change career or, you know, something major in our life happens. Um, and yeah, really just, interesting. Just, yeah, yeah. Just, I, I found that really, really interesting. And uh, again, like generalizing here, but, you know, as, as women, we also need to look out for our, you know, partners or the men in our yeah. lives as well, you know, because they will be going through these issues too. Yeah, totally. And actually living, you know, both of us live with, with sportsmen. And yes. so, you know, yours yours hasn't retired yet, but it, it you know, it's definitely yeah, I don't know, it's a challenge, challenge. <laughs> for them as well. For, for them only, them like we just want to be there to support them, and when they're ready to discuss it, they can discuss it. It's yeah, but it's hard to navigate it because you don't really know how they're feeling about it. And, and Ugo yeah. said, "Look, I haven't suffered from from any mental health. I've been, you know, I think to date I've been absolutely fine. But I mean, he hasn't probably seen his tattoo for a long time. If he saw that, it might <laughs> suddenly did. Might be a trigger. I just need to clear that up that they went to Vegas on a trip and they decided it'd be a good idea. There was about five of them." to get hashtag elite like like embossed on their bums on their how big are we talking so i mean it's way (laughs) way bigger than you would want (laughs) 50 percent i'll take a picture i'll take a picture and i'll post (laughs) it we all want to see a picture (laughs) um but yeah listen um that um brings us to the end of this week's episode but thank you so much for listening as always we would love you to rate review and subscribe to the podcast and if you can leave us um a little written review that really helps to kind of spread the made by mama's word yes please do and a few of you have asked how you do that so we're going to create a little video just to show you like if you don't know how to do it um and do please keep your suggestions coming for guests on the podcast but also topics that we can cover and just dm us at made by mamas or on zoe's own channel at zoe hardman and we will be back on friday Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.